Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I break down the surprising Chiefs loss to the Raiders and also preview the Monday game against the Bills. Uh, Joe, we were talking a little bit and we were texting during the Raiders game how surprised we were that the Raiders defeated the Chiefs 40-32. to 32. What, what do you think – give me like one thing – of that game, one aspect of it you think really tilted it to the Raiders' favor? I hate to focus on the negative, Jeff, I, 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 but I'm going to have to. I think it was how poorly our defense played in a, every aspect. I mean, right. it, was, it was, you know, I saw a couple of stats. It was the fewest posted pressures of the season so far that they had on a quarterback. We knew that Derek Carr came in with a hot hand, right? We knew. Like, he, he listen, he was, he's playing well. I mean, mm-hmm. stats are showing it. His poise in the pocket. I think the Raiders' offensive line was ready. They were ready for the for the pressure packages that Spags, you know, Coach Spags was putting out there. Uh, I think it was how poorly we played, completely and totally on defense that that really tilted it, Jeff. I mean, I, I don't want to be Captain Obvious, but you know, sometimes the the simplest uh, answers to the most complicated questions, and and you know, that's a complex question. Why does a team lose on on a Sunday? And, and, you know, sometimes the answer is just pretty easy. And it, I think it was poor defense. I really do. I think they just, the defense just didn't have what they needed to do against a team that's not bad. You know, they're not, it wasn't like they were playing the 0 and 5 so and so's. You know, I mean, they were it's still the Raiders. And uh, Derek Carr was coming in. We were, we were worried about Josh Jacobs in the run game. And it just, it was all the combination of all that, I think, that tilted it. To specify it further, um, yeah, I wrote about this for Forbes. Actually, it's interesting. Definitely on the defense, even though the Chiefs, the mighty Chiefs offense only scored um, once in the second half, which is unbelievable, mm-hmm. really is on the defense. And I, I, what I wrote about for Forbes is, you know, going into the game, we knew that Josh Jacobs in that run game could be a problem. The Chiefs entered the game 28th against the run, but their pass defense had been great all year and just got shredded, especially I was really surprised to see that secondary. Andy Reid said that Charverius Ward's hand was bothering him. You know, he had a broken hand, had surgery on it. And he was really victimized left and right. He even had a pass interference penalty, a lot of yeah. long passes. The secondary is it's funny. I thought this would be an issue kind of all year, just given they lost some guys like Kendall Fuller and the injuries to Alex Brown, the suspension of Bishop Breeland, the injury to Ward, now the injury to Snead. And Chiefs had done a phenomenal job in, on the back end, surprising so. And um, n- now this was like the first game we kind of saw that weakness uh, surf. And then some notes back and forth. And, and I think that the, the, what they did in – what the Raiders were able to take advantage of in, in, during the game is, you know, that was the first time that I think looking back on, you know, the, the limited amount of times that I've watched the Raiders play and, and film I've watched on them this season and highlights and things like that, that's really the first time that that uh, Derek Carr really went vertical on a mm-hmm. team, and and you know he he was he upped his passing average quite a bit, right? I mean to like plus thirteen per per 
per target. Uh, well, I think they were 24 yards per target at Traverius. And that's who they uh-huh. really went. That's who they really uh-huh. went vertical on. Exactly. You know, I think is I think Carr's average passing, uh, you know, throw or catch, you know, in the receiving game was like 13 plus yards or something like that. But when you, when you double it almost and what, what he was able to, how he was able to expose Traverius, I think that really shined a light on that whole matchup. Right. And, and that somewhere in the laboratory, you know, the, the Raiders offensive staff was thinking, all right, how do we take advantage of this game vertically? How do we make some big plays? Cause that's, we knew that that's what the Raiders were going to have to do, right. To keep, you know, to put the pressure on Mahomes and and Andy's powerful offense and Eric Bieniemy's powerful offense, they had to put pressure on the Chiefs, and that's exactly you know it was a masterful game plan that John Gruden put together to to take advantage of of each aspect of the Chiefs' weaknesses, and were you know it was kind of it was kind of exposed. So you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity that comes out of a loss like that for Coach Bags to figure out you know what they're going to be able to do against you know not to look too far ahead, but, you know, we're going to talk about later about the Buffalo game, but like what they're going to have to do to, you know, combat that, what can be a powerful offense, you know, from Buffalo. Uh, great point, Joe. And, you know, the Raiders did go more vertical than we thought, and they really had been. Big part of that might be Henry Ruggs. He's really exciting rookie, and he's been mm-hmm. kind of limited by injuries. Um, you know, that, that could be the, the difference there and what fun it's going to be watching him entire kill in these matches of going forward well you know it's a copycat league right you hear that all the time i mean when teams see the success that teams have and how the chiefs were able to create this high-powered offense through speed what are other teams doing you know that that's what they do they they copy you know they they go out they look at what works and you know you run the table on it and and you see see what the next big move is going to be. You know, maybe we go back to the Christian Okoye running game in five years. Who knows? But you know, <laughs> it, it, for right now, the teams are looking at at what the Chiefs have been able to do to expose uh, the field both vor- vertically and horizontally in the passing game. Um, you know, other teams are taking advantage of that, and they're going after speed. And uh, you know, I thought you know. Derek Carr, I mean, you look at, at what he was able to do uh, from a, you know, pushing the ball around the field, you know, uh, you know, between Aguilar and, you know, Waller and Renfro. I mean, they, they had, uh, you know, they, they spread things out quite a bit. Um, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of spreading of the targets. Um, you know, obviously Patrick crushed it with Travis this week. And, you know, Tyreek obviously is always going to be, you know, always going to be a threat. Um you know, I, I think it just, you know, I, I wasn't as concerned about this loss from an offensive perspective, other than, like you said earlier, when we were, you know, before we went on, is that the Chiefs didn't do in the fourth, third and fourth quarter what they usually do. You know, they just didn't, they just didn't get it going um, in the second half, but I'm not worried about them offensively. They're always going to, you know, they put up 32 points. This was a defensive loss. And, and I think everybody in the, in the locker room will tell you that this, this, this loss belonged to the defense. Totally. And your point about a copycat league, it sure is. And right now the Chiefs are, are on top there and kind of the team for everyone to, to emulate. Well, Joe, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. And they have all kinds of cool prop bets. You can actually, the, Chief, for the Chiefs and their upcoming opponent, the Bills, you can uh, wager on the likelihood that either Mahomes or Josh Allen ends up the MVP of the league. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, 
Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Joe, you know, one, one thing that, while it might be hard for Chiefs fans and our listeners, uh, you know, to, to get over this loss a little bit, but, you know, I think there is one kind of silver lining to it. Like, Chiefs-Raiders is yeah. such a great rivalry. Um, maybe the best in the NFL, you know, Packers-Bears. There's a lot of good ones. But Raiders-Chiefs is up there. And it really hadn't been a rivalry up to this point uh, of late. The Chiefs had won 10 of the last 11. Derek Carr said this himself. I, I kind of, like, I actually want – I want the Raiders to be good. It's, like, more fun – you know, yeah. when, when this is like a competitive thing. And yeah, so I, I, I'm actually excited about this uh, kind of going forward. Yeah, I mean, well, hey, listen, I'm going to do a play on words. It, it's the silver and black lining of the cloud. <laughs> How's that one? How's that one for you, Jeff? A little uh, little humor there, a little pun humor. But yeah, I, I, I too, I, you know, whenever I, whenever I want to talk football and get an objective view, I always go, and we obviously have had her on the show, but I go to my wife, Jennifer, and I always talk to her about it because she takes such a nice objective view. She's a football fan, obviously she's a huge Chiefs fan, Eagles fan, because we, you know, we grew up in Philadelphia, but she's very objective about these things. And, and sometimes it's nice to talk to somebody who's, you know, not in it every day and, you know, doesn't turn on Sports Center every waking moment that I have Sports Center on or, you know, I'm on ESPN.com looking up stats, getting ready for our podcast and whatnot. So she said the same thing. It's so funny you should mention that because when I told her, we, you know, we, when we were focused on the Raiders and, you know, I was talking, we were talking about stories about Raider Week and she's like, yeah, but what happened to that rivalry? It's so funny you should mention that mm. because she she picked up on the same thing. She's like, what rivalry? Like, that, that rivalry's gone, isn't it? Like, since Al Davis passed away and, you know, a lot of the old guard is, you know, kind of moving on to other rivalries and things like that. It's so funny that you should say that because, I, I'm I, like you said, not that I'm glad they lost, but I'm glad that this rivalry's back. So the next time we play the Raiders, it's not going to be – you're not going to hear things like, oh, Andy Reid is X, you know, wins mm-hmm. and zero losses against the Raiders. It's going to be Raider week again. And that's good. That's good for football. That's good for the AFC West. It's good for the Chiefs. Keep them motivated. Um, and I, I, I think it's – I you know, I think it's a good thing. And you're right. It's the silver and black lining that's going to come out of that loss. And that next matchup should be fun. It's slated to be on a, a Sunday night football game uh, the week before Thanksgiving. But, yeah, this rivalry should be fun. Again, we talked about Tyreek Hill and Henry Ruggs. Watching those guys fly around should be fun. Um, Andy Reid and John Gruden, it's really neat. Like, uh, they talked about this during the broadcast. And, uh, you know, they're very close. They're friends. They were, they were on the same coaching staff in Green Bay. And so they kind of run some of the same stuff. And, you know, uh, another – cool component of the rivalry. Uh, last thing about this game, Joe, I thought this was interesting. Immediately after the game, Travis Kelsey took to social media yeah. and kind of accepted the blame and, and, and apologized for it. I, nice of him to do. Um, but, you know, I thought of anyone, I thought he played a, a spectacular game. I thought that was kind of interesting that he was the person to do that. Hey, you know, a, a stand-up guy, uh, Kelsey yeah. is. Well, he's thinking about that interference call down there, right? And how that mm-hmm. shifted the momentum a little bit from having to kick a field goal and not having the touchdown when he kind of stuck his shoulder out there on that 
right. you know, when he created that screen there um, and the crossing pattern. But, you know, you can't look, I, I, you know, look, Travis Kelsey's, he's an unselfish, selfless player and I get it. And I, you know, you love when leaders can step up and, and take blame for things like that. But, you know, um, look, it's one play. You can never, you can never hang a game on one play. You know, it's just as much as you feel like when it's you, you feel like you you were the the game changer, you know, what about the holding call back in the first quarter or the drop ball on third and long in the second quarter, you know, like you can't go back and look at that just because it came at a critical time doesn't always make it a critical play. And I know that sounds like a, it's kind of counterintuitive and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but you know, just because something happens, like here's a good example, you know, if, if anybody basketball fans out there, right. And, and the, uh, the, the, the player from the Lakers and I, and I forget who took the shot, that three pointer uh, that could have won, won it in game five. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it took it to game six. Like everybody's like, Oh, he missed a big one. Well, you know, like, 10 guys missed three pointers in five minutes leading up to that. Like it just because it happens at a big time doesn't mean it's a big play. It's just another play. And he happened to miss the three pointer that could have won the game at that particular time. But you know, nobody talks about the three pointers that LeBron missed in the first quarter. Totally. You know, that Anthony Davis missed a layup or a dunk in the second quarter. So, you know, I just wanted to use that analogy to to let fans know that it's it can't always come down to one play. And just because, like I said, it happens at a time that's all the spotlight is on that particular time. And it was on Travis at that point, right? Because it's the touchdown getting called back at a critical time. But look, he can't take the blame for the loss of that game. He can't, you know, and I love that he did it. And I I tip my hat to him for for wanting to be a leader and to and to to take the pressure of the team onto himself but you know the fans I think are going to realize that it wasn't that play that lost that game you totally. know and it, it was a big play but it wasn't even the play I think there were several other more important we yeah. talked about kind of some of those deep passes yeah. there were other bigger plays I think about Devontae Booker's 43 yard run yeah was, right you know like or Renfro's catch there were other big you know um yeah absolutely yeah as we look ahead to Buffalo, too, from this game, um, so, some significant injuries. Really wow. sad about Kelechi Osemele. I, I, you know, it, it's interesting. I, he, he had played really well. Oh. Um, and, and the issue with him, we kind of knew this. I think the Chiefs were leery that, you know, he had been getting up there in age and had a, a lot of injuries. So I, I kind of thought that that might be the way it goes, that he gives them several good games and then gets nicked up. So sad though, with an injury to tendons in both knees, I, I really unfortunately think uh, he's had a great career. He's won a Super Bowl. He's he's been to Pro Bowls. This this could be it for him. I, I hate to say that, but that's kind of the way I see it. Um, and then the other injury, pretty significant. Uh, Sammy Watkins. Ugh. It's a different offense when he uh, hurt his hamstring, so it shouldn't be a season-ending thing or anything like that. But this is a different. You know, once you have Watkins out there, you. D- you have to you kind of have to double Tyree kill. You have to double Kelsey or give him special attention. And there's just – you can't cover everybody. And Watkins is the guy who kind of benefits. Take him out of the uh, the mix. The Chiefs become easier to defend. They're still difficult to stop, but it's like impossible to defend them when Watkins is in. It's a little bit of a different story with him out. That's a great point, Jeff. Yeah, well, you know, that that I think, you know, look, I Kalechi, what a horrible loss that is. He's he was playing great. You know, thank goodness, you know, we picked up Remmers in the offseason. Mm-hmm. He's been playing well. 
you know, Andrew Wiley, you know, should, you know, should be healthy and back. I mean, we should be back to a pretty good compliment, at least for the starting five. Goodness forbid we have another, another loss up front um, injury wise. We can't, we really can't afford that. Um, not that we don't have some solid backups in there, but you know, you don't want to lose too many of your marquee linemen. You're going to start to lose that chemistry that they've, they've worked so hard to build. Um, so yeah, that, that is a really, really tough loss. I, I think in the grand scheme of things, um, I think the Watkins, you know, if, if we lose him for longer than a game or two, I think that one impacts us a little bit more. Um, you know, I think if we lose one more lineman, it falls into the Watkins category, but for right now, I think that one is, a, that one's going to limit what we can do with the playbook. You know, losing Kelechi is now, it's not a playbook killer you know it doesn't it doesn't affect the playbook because you know your linemen are for lack of better terms relatively interchangeable as it comes to the playbook um they're all they all can play different positions they can all you know unless you know unless we had to move like Mitchell Schwartz into center or something yeah, like right, god right. forbid if something happened but you know like it, it's it's you know you have you have playbook injuries and then you have injuries that you just hope everybody performs right now you hope Remmers and you hope Wiley stays healthy and that and that they can actually perform but when you lose a, a dynamic part and an integral part of the scheme, that's when you have to worry, right? And you just, you know, you hope that Buffalo, you know, comes off, you know, is still reeling from this loss and they come into this game not really understanding how, still how to defend this Chiefs offense. But you're absolutely right, Jeff. We lose a, we lose a weapon um, in Sammy that, that I think, uh, you know, he's got to get healthy soon because it, it, it takes a whole – sort of dimension out of out of the offense and, and what the Chiefs have built on so Sammy is uh one of my favorite guys to interview in the locker room just a a really great guy great quote seems like a, a very nice guy from the interactions I've had and he was drafted by Buffalo I'm sure this is a game he wanted <sighs> to, to be in you know and, and Joe when I looked at the schedule initially as great as the Chiefs are I didn't think they were going 16 and 0 it just it's so yeah. hard to do and so I was thinking of games this is one that I looked and I said, geez, Buffalo is pretty tough and on the road. But I don't know. The Chiefs are so good coming off a loss. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to respond well. And Buffalo, they played Tuesday night. Uh, we're recording here Wednesday. Looked really sluggish. Uh, mm-hmm. how, well, what do you make of this matchup? Oh, man. Miscues, uh, you know, minus three in the turnovers, 10 penalties. Like it's, It was like a preseason game for yeah. them. Um, right. I, you know, I think that stiff arm by Derrick Henry, like wow. pretty much summed up the yeah. bills night. Like if you had to pick one play, like, you know, people do that on, on Twitter all the time, right. To like sum up something in one, uh, GIF or one quote or something. And if I had to sum up the Buffalo loss in one, you know, GIF that I would post on, on Twitter, it would be, it would be that stiff arm and be like, that's exactly how that game went for Buffalo. And I like Norman, Buffalo. Yeah. I do. I like Buffalo. One of my best friends from college, our quarterback is a huge Buffalo fan. We always, we always talk about the bills. I, you know, built up a ton of respect for them in the, in the eighties and nineties when they, you know, went to those four straight Super Bowls, And, and I think they're a classy organization and, you know, I've got a lot of respect for them um, as a team and as an organization. And, uh, you know, uh, I you know I always I always pulled for the Bills, other than when the Chiefs are playing them. 
And um, you know, they just didn't, they just didn't look good last night. I mean, that was a, that was a rough, that was a rough game against the Titans. Yeah. And I think they are better than they looked. They had some big injuries. White, their cornerback was out. He's really good, as good as there is. And um, they've had some big wins beating the Rams and things like that. Um, Beating actually uh, the Raiders too, as a, uh, you know, who we know that they're uh, pretty tough. So I I do think we're um, getting, we're going to get a better Bills opponent. but yeah, they, they I, I'm liking it after seeing the way they played. I and again, I Andy Reid is so good about getting this team to bounce back after either a poor performance or a loss, uh, both of the case last week against the Raiders. That I, I really like the Chiefs in this. Yeah, it was a lot of things going against the Bills too. You know, I mean, it, with the whole COVID uncertainty and you know this moving of the game, it just it just they didn't have a lot going for them in this game. A lot of distractions. Um, you know, which probably points to some of the unpreparedness that was seeming, you know, going into this game. They'll, they'll have a little more time. They'll have more cohesiveness coming out of that. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I think it's, I personally think it's going to be a very, very good game. I really do. I think, yeah, I think it is going to be close. I think the Chiefs win. Uh, Joe, I see this as an advantage. I'm curious for the players' perspective. You know, uh, the, the Chiefs played on Sunday and then we'll play again on Monday. The, the Bills having played on Tuesday and then Monday kind of lose two games, have too much two days uh, less of preparation for it. How much of a factor do you think that will be and how much of an advantage for Kansas City? Um, I think I, I don't think it's going to be too much of an advantage. Uh-huh. I, you know, they've had the extra day to get healthy, um, extra two days, actually, really, if you think about it. Um, the Bills are very lucky this game's on Monday night. Um, but, you know, the way the league's going right now with, you know, teams, you know, not practicing or, right? Because you can say the same thing about the Titans, right? Look at, look how sharp right. and they, look, they were. Great point. Great point. And they were under the same, you know, kind of, you know, guidelines or so, so to speak that the Bills were under as far as getting this game in on time and, and trying to squeeze and, this thing. Like, when's the last time you watched a Tuesday night NFL game? Right. So, and even this worse for the Titans because they couldn't. Uh, they had their facility closed for so long. You know, at least the Bills could practice for it, and the Titans looked great. I mean, I don't know if these guys could even really get great workouts in, you know? Yeah, there might be be a whole philosophy, you know, coming out of that game, like don't practice. (laughs) Just do Zoom Zoom all week, show up and play the game on on Sunday or Tuesday in this case. Right, we're already – Get training camp is in preseason is already kind of eroding. Maybe the next step, just don't practice. Right? Yeah, I just I don't want I don't want Chiefs fans to get um I don't want them to get complacent watching that game and go ah oh, well, you know the Chiefs are coming off a tough loss a Raiders loss they didn't look too bad they're going to come out firing they're going to be hungry and they look at this Bills loss don't get I think that's a that's a trap for a fan to to think that. You know, this Bills team is much, much better than that, than that team. Now, if they do the same things that they did last night, their Chiefs are going to crush them. You know, if they have 10 pen- double-digit penalties, the same thing's going to happen if they go into this game unprepared. But I don't think that's going to be the case. And, and teams don't generally have those kind of back-to-back games with penalties and things like that. So I hope the Chiefs fans are ready for a really good game. You know, get your nachos and, and, and all your food ready for, I think, for a really good game. I, th- I think this is going to be um, – I don't think it's going to be like a barn burner, light up the scoreboard game, but I think it's going to be a really good football game and two really good teams. Um, you know, you mentioned your fondness for Buffalo and kind of the region from your friends, and I, I share that. I, that was actually my first job 
out of college. I was a, an intern for the Buffalo Bills. Greg Williams, who's an Excelsior Springs native, was was the coach back then. Joe, do you still, when you talk Buffalo Bills or think about the Bills, do you still think about um, the AFC Championship game? Does that like does that come up? I mean, is that the first thing you think about? It's you- it's literally the first thing when I see that uniform. You know, I think of I think of our loss in Buffalo and, and getting the opportunity and the privilege to play in an AFC Championship game against at that time, which was the dynasty of the AFC. Right? I mean, they were just they were an amazing team. They were talented up and down the lineup. They had great coaching. Uh, they had great fan support, and at that time, they were, you know, they were literally the royalty of the AFC. Um, and you know, I think about that game and going in there with Joe and coming off of that Houston game where we just, uh, you know, God, we were such a Cinderella story that year. You know, we, I just thought we could do it. And then when I always think about Joe going down in that game, I think about me going down. I, you know, I, I got completely knocked out in that game covering a punt. Um, pretty late in the game uh, when I was long snapping. And, uh, you know, I think about that hit. I think about how cold it was. <laughs> I just think about so many things. It was Glenn Parker, right? A former Bill and then longtime chief who directed you. He did. <laughs> After Carwell Gardner level. just lit me up because um, I thought I was going to, you know, silly thoughts that I had. I was going to win the game by stripping Steve Tasker of the ball on a punt coverage. Like I had the, like I had the athletic ability to do that. Uh, and, you know, I got leveled by Carwell Gardner, who was a, just oh man he was unbelievable fullback you know he's 6'3 265 like just laid me out and uh, yeah Glenn like directed me away from his huddle and then I went to the wrong sideline he went over grabbed me turned me around and pointed me to the chief sideline I was like oh boy this is gonna be a long rest of the game and you know that was uh yeah that's what I remember about that game and you know and then I and then I also think about some of the bad luck that the Bills had had during that stretch you know when um when uh you know scott norwood misses that field goal oh god you know everybody was rooting for him pulling for them so yeah it's uh it's definitely something that um you know i think about i think about when i see those bills uniforms take the field you know we talk a lot about uh matchup well we uh, talk a lot about matchups in these um in these games and we also say how it's the quarterbacks aren't facing each other just like Watson wasn't facing Mahomes Umar Jackson wasn't facing Mahomes but it is going to be fun to see um the guys with maybe the two quarterbacks with the strongest arms in the NFL Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes I'm looking forward to seeing that Josh Allen had been playing at an MVP level before struggling against the Titans Joe give before we uh, uh go off here what's what's one matchup you're really looking forward to in this game well, I think I think that you're going to have to look. I know for me, it always goes up front, right? Always comes <laughs> back to the line. I, I think we're going to have to watch to see how the chief shuffle, you know, how the shuffle works with, uh, you know, Remmers and Riley coming back and and getting back in the lineup full time with Kalechi out. I think we're going to have to watch, you know, what's going on, uh, what's going on up front because I think that's where I think that's where this game could be. That's going to be the factor. Um, and then, and then again too. I'm not to. I know you asked me for one matchup, and I, I always go to the line. But uh, I also think, um, you know, what does Eric Bieniemy do now with the receiving core that he has left? If you know, if Sammy doesn't play, and and they don't have Watkins, you know, what what do they do differently to keep Tyreek Hill from getting double covered? How are they gonna, you know, handle Travis Kelsey at, in that point? And and ex, you know, gonna, they gonna try to expose him a little bit from Buffalo's defense perspective. So I think it's you know how how Buffalo reacts to the passing game without one of the key factors on the Chiefs' offense, and then what the Chiefs can do to shuffle that line around and keep the pressure off Mahomes. 
Totally. You mentioned those lineups. Uh, some interior players, Ed Oliver could give that reshuffled Chiefs uh, line uh, a challenge, and so could a good Bills secondary that they didn't look at last night. Micah Hyde, Josh Norman, Traverius White, if he plays. So it should be a, a, a good matchup. Well, if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.